0: Peter, I had a bit of a revelation. Revelation. What's the word? Revelation? revelation. Yeah, re- Revelations 4.13 or whatever. I, what is the one everybody puts on their arms? Is that That's not it? I don't want to be I a dick today. So. I don't want to be a dick. We have a big point to get to, but it's going to take me a while to get there. You're looking at me flabbergasted at this point. It's because
1: usually you come in and you've told me half of what we're about to already talk about. Yeah. And you've held back so far.
0: The only thing I've sent you is three text messages, which I don't even know if we want to get into the contents of them. But I did refer to you as a wizard, and I will have to come back to that. And I believe it in my heart. I believe that you are of some sort of wizardry. Not like the like transphobic British woman. Not like her. But like, you know, more utility. With There's a lot of dress-up that comes along with that Harry Potter world that doesn't really indicate towards magic. It's just sort of like weird control stuff but i want i want to talk about real magic and not not the bs human magic right now human magic uh now peter i was in atlanta this week and that's home for me that's home for you so it should be a pretty easy straightforward thing to do
1: for me it was not uh I, I heard I heard you were uh, doing, doing lift runs for people. <laughs> I was doing every kind
0: of errand. I was doing every kind of pick up these items, every kind of get people all over the place, meet us in time for dinner. I mean, it was, without even having a show, which I said, I'm not going to book anything around my hometown weekend. I want to be here for everybody when they get into town. Uh, I spent Friday, basically, doing errands from 9 a.m. until... Uh, You know, two thirty in the morning and that's goodness. It's of nobody's, you know, issues. And then Saturday, of course, I slept in slightly because I think I would have died if I hadn't. Uh, But I did about the same. But I'll run you through all of it and we'll get to uh, the pivotal moment in all of this that I hit on Sunday. And I had to do a little bit of like uh, soul searching, I think. Soul searching. But it was good soul searching, Peter. Soul surfing, perhaps? Soul surfing. I was riding the waves of this existence, man. Uh, Shout out to whoever made me on WWE 2K22. I'm going to go play as myself. They put my little braid in there. It was incredible. And that's not the only kind of designs that impressed me. There are other kinds of designs that impressed me too. And thank God, our presenting sponsor this week, To The Dome Designs, 2TD Designs. Listen, we're calling for all degenerates, creative minds, wandering spirits, everybody in between, anybody who needs a little more direction in their designs and their merchability. 2TD Designs was founded and is located in the Bay Area Cali Baby. And not only are they a clothing brand that covers the masses, but they are a vinyl printing company that wants to make sure all your needs as a customer are met even if you are a degenerate. They are quick, they ship fast, And they have one-on-one customizable services. That's incredible. At every step, they're going to make sure that order is exactly how you want it. They're going to make sure you like it. They're going to ask you twice just in case you lied the first time. Step through their looking glass and be transported to your home, to the dome. Because to the dome designs is... It's for the degenerates, by the degenerates. Reach out to them at 2TD underscore designs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok for all you dance fanatics out there, or just go straight to the source and send some inquiries through the website, 2TD, that's the number two, TD, like touchdown, dash designs.com. You can get more information, 2TD designs, get it while it's hot. Right, Peter? right it's beautiful Friday morning I got to pick up two magical humans from the airport and I wasn't tired at this point I mean I was up a little early but uh we we saw each other Friday and we'll get to that but I do want to say this I made a controversial tweet about the film Batman last week and we're gonna be talking about film a good bit in this episode but I want to say that I stand by my tweet the movie would have been better if it was at 1.25 speed uh much like Dune, I love Robert Pattinson. I love Timothy Chalamet. I don't need to see them wincing into the distance for more than 25 minutes of a, of a three-hour film. I don't need to see it. I love both films. I will be making edits of my own. It's a magical thing to do. Now, I picked them up. Joey Janela had not been to Sleep yet. yet. Uh, we sent him to the couch. Go to bed. The man sleeps throughout the day. It's like a vampire kind of thing. And he's a night nightlife guy. But I said, Matt Justice, I'm not letting you go to sleep. You're going to come with me. Now, my partner works from home, so we couldn't really just be rambunctious boys in the home. So I then pedaled our way over here. I, I put you onto it. Peter, we came to your house after this. <laughs> you did. Like a storm, like a desert storm. And I explained something to you about... Matt Justice's match like directly in front of him about what his position in this match would be and what would go on. And I think we'll come back to that later. I know I'm planting a lot of little seeds here. I like it. It's fun. And it's our podcast so we can plant seeds or we can not plant seeds. We're going to lay some crumbs. We're going to plant some seeds. We're going to garden today. After this, I did have more tasks to do because we had to go meet up with, uh, Brett. We had to help GCW get everything done that needed to be done to make sure the show was perfect. We did a little pre-time load-in. Now, Center Stage, where we performed the following day, they were sold out Friday night, too, and we got to come into the load-in to drop some stuff off. Singer-songwriter Sammy, do you remember this R&B singer-songwriter? Yes. Who sang I Like It when he was like a child? He sold out Center Stage the night before, and we were pretty close to a sellout, but we did not exactly sell it out. We were close. There was a lot of walk-ups. We were close to
1: Sammy levels.
0: We were close to Sammy levels on this particular run of center stage, but it was nice to know that like, oh, like you're still out here doing it too. We're out here doing it different, different things. What's crazy about that venue though, is there are three different venues inside. You have the vinyl, which is like the downstairs smaller. You have the loft, which is upstairs. And then you have the center stage, which is where we were performing at. I saw Lady Gaga
1: there one time. I saw dirty projectors there. Incredible. Incredible. What year was this, Peter? Uh, this was after the tour for Swing Low Magellan, whenever that album came out.
0: So probably 2012? Yeah, somewhere in Around that? that. Yeah. I remember some college radio times with the Dirty Projectors. Hope they're doing okay. Uh, I also saw some bands upstairs, too, there before. But when we were there the next day, it did make me happy to kind of like see that the whole bu- building was being used for different sorts of things but wrestling was taking the main stage here isn't isn't it
1: like a legendary filming space it's, it's a
0: legendary rest- american television filming space for their professional wrestlers, and i use this uh, ridiculous voice because dusty Rhodes actually debuted in this venue for ecw wow. tv when he went on to fight steve carino And now I get to work alongside Steve Carino's son, Colby Carino. So it's like, it's a very cool legacy thing. Ray of Honor has filmed there. I think NXT even filmed there one time. But historically, it is where Dusty Rhodes debuted for ECW television. Now, Dusty, obviously, he wrestled down at the Omni a lot. It's not called the Omni anymore. I think it's called something different. But Atlanta is a wrestling town, man. And that's why this is so exciting. And the setup of the venue was so cool. We're not there yet, though, because there was a lot going on. I had to appease all parties during this day. We ran all these errands with Brett. We ended up going. I had dinner with them. And then I had to go pick up more people from the airport and get them to their hotels, which all the hotels in Atlanta by the airport are all named the same thing with slight variation. So after going to the wrong hotel, which must have been four times, and Peter, I've dropped my phone so many times, and I really, like, I'm not going to go buy a new iPhone right now. I just I can't feasibly think of a reason to do that, except for my GPS doesn't work. Oh, no. So while I'm trying to drive around my own city... I can't, I can't figure out where I am or how to get there, and all the hotels are named the same. It took a while. Now my lovely partner was kind of out doing his own thing at this time, which is great. It's nice. He has his own friends. He has his own stuff. But I called him pretty late in the game after all the boys had arrived, which you know, Mander and Mansers and Justice were over at the crib. Uh, AJ Gray wasn't getting there till the next day because he was in California. We're busy boys. And I called AJ. I said, Are you okay? He said, I'm fine. I'm about to get an Uber. And then his phone dropped out and it started pouring rain. And I was like, We got to do this. So, like one something in the morning while I'd finally gotten home and settled, it was like, You know what? You can't leave this poor boy out in the rain. So I drove down there and he said, I didn't know what I was going to do. My phone died. I was like, You knew what you were going to do. You're going to get in the car with me because I remembered and I picked you up. Needless to say, I finally, it took a while to go to bed. It was. It was late in the evening. I woke up. By the time I had woken up, and this is like very irresponsible, but kind of awesome. i had missed so many calls and text messages from people. And then I followed up on everything. It had already been taken care of. And that should have been a sign to me, Peter, that like, you don't have to take on the responsibility of everything. Now, briefly... I'm going to
1: talk to you. That, As, the, the move with AJ, though, like, goddamn. Incredible, right? Yeah. Like, I'm good. I'm real yeah. good.
0: I just, I heard the phone cut out. The rain started. I said, And you knew where
1: he was. And so I knew where he was. He just went.
0: Yeah, well, he was in, there's like a complex with a lot of gay areas there. So it's kind of like, I could have just taken my guesses. But I do get to do the, like, middle school dad thing where you're like, AJ, are you here? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for my partner. He's uh, you know, a rather tall fellow. You know, you gotta like just talk to street people who are out there trying to smoke a cigarette. And be like, "Have you seen my partner?" And you look like you're like trying to kidnap someone because yeah. I don't look. I don't know. I always. I don't think about it as much in the moment, but then I walk away and I go, "I'm surprised that worked because I look crazy." <laughs> and they should just wave me away from letting anyone into my car. I woke up, we had a beautiful brunch, we were very peaceful at this moment, and then I had to just, like, rip roll, so I had to pick up some supplies for the boys, I had to pick up people from the airport, I had to get to the venue, I had to get the match together, we had to make sure everybody was good, and there's this there's this Gibson quality, Peter, uh, and my the father, guitar. yeah, the, the guitar, no, the working Irish family from North Carolina, where I'm born into. There's a Gibson quality where we can do this thing where we make sure everybody else has everything they need, but then we don't get anything we need because we're just constantly working and going and it's very like nose to the ground stone. And sometimes I am not fully aware of when I am uh, Gibsoning as hard as I am. It's
1: that stoicism gone, the negative Right. The sto- as it. you
0: said, the stoicism is built in. So sometimes I don't even notice when I'm like riding the stoicism and that may be nutritionally or just overbooking myself or overdoing it but i wanted to make sure during this time that everything around me was getting done and everything was perfect for this hometown show now the show itself very cool you've been to quite a few wrestling shows with me especially around this area Uh uh-huh
1: i went to another show at center stage at
0: center stage uh and we're not going to shade anyone here but this was a little bit of a wilder experience i would imagine yes okay pretty packed out in there it looked like gladiator days it was a very old school setup we weren't doing all the flashy lights we weren't doing all that the cage was put up on the stage so more people could sit up there what what are your main takeaways versus like
1: maybe other shows you've been to here the gcw experience it it didn't have a lot of the this is gonna sound negative but it's not it didn't have a lot of like the extra frills on everything everything was nicely put together they got right to the meat but it felt like it was set up for y'all to come, bring bring that way heat. more. Yeah, like it wasn't. It relied on yeah, the wrestlers,
0: he, the ribs. When they bring you ribs, people, they serve them to you on brown paper, not a gold plate. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah, why don't they have all the hooting, hollering, lighting, and this? And it depends on the venue. With us, but I don't think GCW is ever going to overspend on like the dancy dress up stuff around it we would rather the meat of it be sickening and i think with wrestling we've maybe talked about this before the wrestling ring is always in the middle of whatever it is and it all grows out from there so really to me i don't care what's surrounding the ring as long as it's people you know we could be in the worst of the worst or the best of the best as long as there are people there to see wrestling i don't really care about the venue i would like air conditioning and luckily they had this here but center stage like just getting to wander back there very cool very intense it's I like bet. a mini
1: arena it really is. It really is.
0: You said the Alley Catch match, pretty brutal. And I would agree. Those uh, those two, Jordan Grace and Alley Catch, they've actually wrestled each other quite a few times. And they are both, I think they both started in Texas. So this is like, they said their 15th time wrestling oh, or God. something. So yeah, I think you got the most like brutal, polished, we're both the best version of that match you could. I had to fight my good brother, AJ Gray, from the SGC and that boy beats the hell out of you there are certain wrestles you wrestle and you're like i know we're proving a point here but you know i'll fall down i promise i will uh he does not believe that i'm gonna fall down i don't think he believes anyone's gonna fall down it comes with the force of a cannon my friend and it was hard hitting i hit him back though
1: I hit him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's super intense, though. Like, he's a fucking tank. He's it's, a
0: tank. It's
1: ridiculous. AJ
0: Gray is a speeding bullet tank. I did not win the match. And you talked about reading through the chart a little, and we won't get deep, but maybe that was the loss that I felt there. But maybe there was more coming. I don't know. We're going to process this together, because uh after the show, I was exhausted. I hit a wall, man. And like it's beautiful being in your hometown and it's beautiful having all these people come to see you. But when you are so tired and so in the zone and so like work boggled by it that you can't really like enjoy it and take it in, it's a little bit frustrating. And after the show, even it was like, okay, go to my table, say Hey to everyone, stay there the whole time. Wonderful. Now, what do we do now? What do we do? And it being my home area, it was like, I was sort of like making those decisions and in charge. And the whole time we were in Atlanta for whatever reason, Almost every first, second, and third attempt we made on eating or going somewhere was wrong. Like, it didn't work. And so we kept, like, going to places that seemed like they would be the oasis for our hunger or our drink or whatever it was. And then it would be wrong. Or we would go to the wrong place. Or we would go somewhere where they couldn't seat us. Or we would go somewhere where they didn't have table space. And I had also forgotten that it was daylight savings time, which is... Uh, I, you know, I don't want to be political on our show. This isn't a political show, but if you desecrate the grave of Benjamin Franklin, I would laugh. Okay. What a piece of shit that guy is. Benjamin Franklin. Oh, you electrocuted a kite dipshit. Oh, we're so proud. There's a lot of rumors of Benjamin Franklin doing horrible things, locking people in his home, kidnapping, uh, stealing bodies from graves to de- to look into them for science, he would say. Everybody knows. He's a gross, weird man who likes to make people uncomfortable. Fuck you, Benjamin Franklin. Fuck daylight savings time. We went down. The only place that was open and like serving drinks was Spondivitz. You know about Spondovitz? <laughs> yes. Uh, they pronounce it many different ways. I physically was being such a little brat at this point. And I don't blame myself. Like I was like lack of sleep, deal with everything, handle everybody have not eaten proper food today. Like I had breakfast and it was good, but that's not like how you can survive a fight and then drive people around town till three in the morning. I ended up at the waffle house next to the Spondivitz and Spondivitz was like bumping. You can get lobster buckets. Do you know about these? They just bring you lobster tails in a bucket. Uh, it's a rowdy spot. It's down by the airport. There's a Waffle House next to it. We went to this Waffle House. I was literally at the point where like I could barely get words out of my mouth. I was functionally not there. And then we finish. We get in the car and I look at the clock and I go, were we in this Waffle House for two freaking hours no, man, Benjamin Franklin, with his fucking magic time clock, switched that shit on me. So it felt like we had been there for three freaking hours, and everybody's got these early-ass flights out of Atlanta, so everybody's thinking, they're, oh, I got time to shower and go to the hotel. No, no time at all, because the time switched. Here's where my, where my regrets begin, and I have to publicly put them out there. All of us were there. Me, AJ Manders, Justice, Mance. Mance has been out on injury. Manders has been on other shows recently, but he was on this one. It's great. Uh, AJ Gray was there. And Justice was excited and had a few drinks in him. And he said, we should all get a picture together. And I said, no. It's too cold. It's too late. I look like shit. I'm done for the day. Come on, we're all here. I said, I'm done. I'm cooked. Matt, I'm cooked. He said, you're always cooked. I said, maybe I am. And I didn't think about this much at the time. I was a little sad we didn't get a picture. And I still am in my heart. But I went on with my day, and A.J. Gray came back to the house and slept. Everybody went their ways, and I finally woke up, and we were going to take Nick Wayne to the, to the aquarium. It was the big scheduled party. I had a signing set up with Allie Catch, and uh, it fell through, so she had pushed her flight back as well. So Allie came with us. We were going to go to the aquarium. Didn't work out. Timing. Slow slow, slow, took forever through traffic, took forever, went to the wrong hotel to get Nick Wayne, went to the right hotel to get Allie, we couldn't get seated anywhere, we couldn't get a restaurant anywhere, finally sat down at the New Orleans restaurant, the French Bistro, and uh, we ate, and ate, and ate, and by that point, we did not have time to go to the aquarium, so everything just sort of... It's frustrating. You want to show everybody the good time. It's still settling on me. It's still sitting in me. But we dropped everyone off at the airport. And then, of course, Allie goes, my flight got pushed back to 730 instead of 530 or whatever it was. So we probably could have gone
1: to the aquarium. Either way, none of that matters. Just to make you feel better, Mercury is currently in Pisces, and that is a nice analog to Mercury retrograde just like loopier and a little bit more just like uh,
0: yeah but it also felt like it was building my frustrations Peter and I think with I sometimes think I'm taking a break and then I realize I'm not like I'll be like it's my day off and then I'll stream for four hours like that's not a thing right or uh oh you know I'm not gonna do anything today except for ship a hundred packages what I'm kind of getting back to here is sort of the the Gibson stoicism of it all, which is, you know, my father went working 90 hours a week for 25 years in high-level retail management, and I don't think he ever realized that it made him go a little So, and he needed to get out on the lake and ride a jet ski and not have any responsibility for a while. I have been going for a long time, right? Like, going. Not like oh, like, since... The pandemic hit and I didn't have a job anymore as of my own choice and was living in a new city and still had bills. I have been working, 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 whether that be streaming or podcasting or doing shows constantly, the travel involved, uh getting home and having to do your laundry right away so you seem like a, a good partner. These are all basics of like getting things to work. I'm going to phrase this very carefully, Peter, in how I put this. I went on a little journey Sunday night, all right? I needed to relax. I needed to put my... Boots back on the ground. I needed to feel a sense of relief. So I went on a little journey. And on the journey, I watched... This is going to sound silly at first, but you got to hear me out here, Peter. On the journey, I put on the new Disney Pixar film, Turning Red. Are you familiar with this film, Peter? Vaguely. Now, everything in the advertisement and setup... And if if you're a simpleton dumbass, and I'll just leave it at that... You probably even left the film thinking this is a film about a girl going through puberty and menstruation. That's the metaphor that is put forth. Oh, okay. Turning red, right? Gotcha. You turn into the big monster. You turn yeah. into the big you're the big, you know, panda bear that looks crazy, you're hairy, you're smelly, you're giant, you're pudgy. You know, you're you're going through changes. Now boys go through these changes too. But I thought in my journey That's actually clever. It's very clever, but it's a there's a bigger story at play and I don't want to I don't want to spoil this whole movie, but I really, I'll be honest, Peter. I said that, I don't give a shit, because it's free on Disney+. Plus. Go get a sign-up code and do it. The bigger story at play is that this is something that has happened in her family forever. That when you turn a certain age, you become a giant red panda. And the idea amongst the women in her family is that as soon as this panda shows up, we shouldn't let her know it's coming. We shouldn't let her know this crazy, horrific thing is going to happen to her. We should let her just find out about it. But as soon as it gets here, we have to lock it up. As soon as we can, we're going to get everybody involved and we got to lock this thing up. And you're going, "What do you what do you, you can't lock up a period." And I'm going, "Exactly. So now buckle in, people." This girl starts the story and this isn't common for a lot of I guess it might be. You know, I think of Inside Out, I think of these other sort of growing up stories from Pixar. Uh the character may is very happy with who she is. She is vibrant and bubbly and she likes boy bands and she likes her Tamagotchi and she likes anime and she likes all the things little kids like, and she is proud of it. And she knows she's a little weirdo and she's okay with it. And she knows her parents want her to be on the right track, but she's like, I don't know. Uh, We'll get there. But then she's confronted with the fact that she has in a Kafka sense, become a giant red Panda. Now throughout the film, She is hiding from her parents that she has now figured out how to use this big red panda to make money. Not only to make money, but to make friends, to make people excited about her, to make people uh, want to be a part of her group, to make her friends achieve bigger things. And I think I haven't thought about it for a while, and I had to kind of own it. And I think they have a moment later in the film that I don't want to spoil, but I'll tell you this. I, I don't mind showing emotion, Peter. I cried during this film a good, a lot. And I think I figured out what was going on a little quicker than uh, my, my partner did. And we had some explanation talk. But it could also be because of the journey that I took it in even more. Peter, I have, sometimes I think I'm a little blind to the journey I've taken. And I went in and I went to college to impress my parents and I did a lot of bad things while I was there. And bad in the sense of, like, my dad's not pumped when I'm drinking Coors Light and smoking a joint in a picture. Like, that's bad. Uh, but I got through that. And then I worked for the corporate job. And then uh, I let my panda free. I let it free. And I don't think that most of us ever get to do that. And I think sometimes when I am in the middle of what is my work day. When my workday includes, and this is where I had to just pull myself back and be absurd. When my workday includes hundreds of people coming up to me going, what you do is so important. What you do is so special. What you do is against the grain of what wrestling should be. When you have people who say, oh, you know, I didn't know I would be safe at wrestling shows. I didn't know this. Not that it is not right into my heart, but there is that sort of stoic wall that you have to build in. Because I can't emotionally be there for every moment of that in my mind. I can't I can't be emotionally vulnerable to a hundred different people coming up to me and saying how special and important I am to them, even though it is from a completely valid place. And so as I sort of realized that in this whole homecoming weekend, I'm coming home, Atlanta's my home now. I grew up here too, Peter. I lived in Marietta for like six years. A lot of people don't know that. Went to a lot of Braves games. Uh it should just be one of the most easy to look at and 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 taken from a standpoint of, look at how far I've come, look at what I'm able to accomplish, look at what I'm doing. But I don't always do that, Peter. I don't always look at the whole situation and go, hey, man, at the beginning of a pandemic, you took this weird weekend thing that had been growing and doing, you took a full chance on it, and now you literally live full time as this panda and they warn her they go you're gonna you're gonna get stuck as the panda you're gonna be stuck doing this you're gonna you're you're gonna want to uh be this person it's not gonna fit in with the rest of the world you're gonna always be weird to the rest of the world and when you kind of have that moment where you come and you go man not only did i forget that i'm fully living as a panda now I can fit in. I can go to the grocery store, but I am a panda. I'm a wild red panda, and I don't have to hide it in a necklace. I don't have to suppress it down to impress anyone. I don't have to uh, worry about what my my job or work is going to think because it, it, it turns out the bigger the panda gets, the more exciting my job and my work is, and I hope that uh, you can see this as a real moment of self-reflection because I had it, and I texted you right around it, that we don't always get this opportunity. And I think a lot of us would, would benefit from watching this movie with an open heart. I know it's a cartoon movie, but it is beautiful. Uh, we have to be aware of the wildness about us. And sometimes when you are as busy as I am, it is hard to sit back and to, uh, take in that, yeah, you, you need to check the finances and pay your bills. And, Uh, have some savings and put things away, but also you are a fully functioning adult human without the assistance of anyone else's help off the fact that you have let free a monster that everyone else tells each other to not ever let out. And it's not a monster in the sense that, oh, I'm running around town scaring people, but it's a monster in the sense that I don't have anyone putting me on any leashes. I don't have anyone controlling what the monster does. And if the people like what the monster does, then your opinion matters even less of where the monster should go. And I I have a really good support system now. I have people around me who uh, have accepted that the monster is fully out there, that this giant red panda is the way it is. But I think if we look at this film and say, oh, it's just about in puberty, we go through changes and we have to be emotionally a little more mature. It's not at all to me. It's about when you're faced with the choice and when you're being pressured by everyone who created you and brought you to this earth or you're being put in a position where uh, you're being told what is successful, sometimes you gotta measure for yourself, is this being told to you because it's true or is it being told out of fear? And you gotta go figure out how it feels to be the monster. If if all you've ever been told is you just became a monster, or this is monstrous or these parts of yourself should not be out there in the world, uh, and you never felt it. You wouldn't have an opinion of whether it was good or bad. And I think a lot of people, they follow those directions carefully. And then when they get older, they go, wait a second. They weren't telling me this because they knew. They were telling me this because they were a little scared. And they didn't want their child to be worried or out there alone. It's I didn't realize it when I was having this moment. But Sunday was a year since my grandfather died. Oh, wow. And at the time it happened... I think I was a little defensive, not because uh he had really done anything other than being the person he thought, but i I didn't ever feel like I was seen for being me. I feel like I was seen as someone who would come back to the belief or come back to the circle or go back to doing what is expected of me, and you know the last conversation we had was sort of a fallout of that that was. If, if your only conversation with me is to convince me of your product, which is heaven, then we're not really having a real conversation. We're having a sales call that isn't going to go anywhere. And that wasn't nice of me. And his intentions probably were true. And I think now on the year of that reflection, uh, I'm not saying that I will uh, keep the beast in any way tame or or limit what I'm going to do based on the opinions of others. But I do think that we have to, we got to check in on people more than defensively, right? Like it's, it's okay to just like call your people. It's okay to check in on people and it's okay for them to have different opinions than they did before. And I think, uh, as I kind of go away from Sunday, I felt a great wash of relief over myself where It all kind of clicked and made sense. And I sat there and I said, you fool, you fool, to stress even one bit about this magical job you have, this magical existence you have. Now, do you have to stress to make sure things get done? I think a little bit, but I think over the past few weeks, I've gotten a little lost in the sauce. And if you've come up to me in those times, I've been as generally accepting and wonderful of your energies as I can. But I think I've also been a little walled off And I think I've been a little too in the game of getting it done. So, as I move forward and as I take in uh, what is about to be a really, really busy season to be effie, it's a very busy season to be effie. And it's a little hard because sometimes, you know, when you don't work, the money doesn't come in, Peter. That's like sort of the way it goes. But when you do work, you should enjoy the work that you're doing. And when I look at my upcoming schedule and my calendar, I mean, I got Chicago and St. Louis this weekend. I've got uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas and North Carolina and uh, Dallas, obviously coming up San Francisco for the first time. There are a lot of big things coming up. It can be daunting to look ahead at a calendar and know where you're going to be every day for the next six to seven months sometimes. But I also take on the fact that there, there aren't many people doing what I'm doing. I don't say that to be a brag but because of that, I need to enjoy it and take it in, and not let the little minutia build how I'm going to take my day. I burped in, a, in the middle of that a little bit. I don't care. That's how we do things here. Peter, can I can I get some feedback here?
1: The, uh, this was really beautiful. I uh, this is not a side of you I see often, and my heart <laughs> is like very touched right is now. Is it good? Good. Um. Yeah, no, that was. That went places. It has to go places. I feel like I'm going to listen back to this and just kind of like process everything. Well, I. Because it kind of felt like that's what you just did.
0: Yeah, I I knew that I had to kind of process through some of this anyway. And it's dumb that it's like a Pixar film that does it to you, but we need to hear those stories. And I think, you know, you look at like, well, toy is about if the toys came to life and inside out, is about if your emotions came to life and cars about as if your cars came to life. So this one, I imagine America's looking at it going, it's like, if your period came to life and I'm going, it's wrong. They even in the movie immediately, her mom's like, here's the things we need. Hot press, uh, you know, aspirin pads. And she's like, it's not that it is not that mom. Uh, I think it's fun for the whole family. And uh, I'm very excited to have such a beautiful community around me. It's awesome. I'm hosting the fourth Big Gay Brunch. The fourth, Peter. Wow. Let me, hold up, let's make sure. Yeah, this is the fourth. The first was in uh, Indiana, the second was in Tampa, the third was in Chicago, and now we take Dallas, Texas. It's going to be magic. I get to host shows full of gay wrestlers. I get to wrestle the best wrestlers in the entire world. And at no point in doing any of this have I done anything I didn't want to do. Honestly. Isn't that magic? My knee doesn't bend. It's
1: literally magic.
0: It's literally magic, Peter. What do we do? We got to get some crystals. Not those.
1: Geodites.
0: We're going to see what happens in... uh, in old Dallas, Texas. So far, what I have scheduled for Dallas, Texas WrestleMania week is Speedball Mike Bailey, who I believe made someone internally bleed the other day with his powerful kicks. Minoru Suzuki, known as the Murder grandpa. Pimpinella Escarlata, the most famed exotico in all of Mexico, Casandro included. Uh, I think Pimpinella is a really magical person that we got on this show. And then at midnight Saturday night... I am fighting former team angle member Charlie Haas. The combined age of my opponents. Are you ready for this? The combined age of my opponents, WrestleMania week. Four matches, one hundred and eighty one, oh I wanna God. say. 181 or 182. Combined ages of my four opponents. I'm 32 in June. Very excited about that. Yes, I'm gonna fight four I'm gonna fight two fifty three year olds in a twelve hour period. Isn't that incredible? That's ridiculous. It's really magic. I am going to defend my tweet one more time here as we're at the end of this. Uh, I'm going to defend the tweet. Batman would have been better at 1.25 speed Uh, once again. Guys, we're not done here. This is Weekend at Effie's, and Weekend at Effie's is full of stories, tales, emotions, magic. But sometimes you need someone who can visually understand your dreams and magic to bring it to life. And that's why we're calling all of you, you degenerates, you creatives, you artists, you wanderers, anybody in between, 2TD Design was founded for you. It's located in the Bay Area, and uh, they stay in the Bay Area. And you're saying, "Is is 2TD, are they just a clothing brand? Yeah, well, they are a clothing brand. They want to cover you in their beautiful items, but they are also custom in everything, custom in the vinyl, custom in the designs. They're going to have somebody with you every step of the way. All their services can be customized. They will get you exactly what you need. They are two The Dome designs, two TD designs, and they're degenerates just like us. They're magical degenerates, and they want to help you. So if you want new design work, if you want new products, if you need help with your creative vision, Reach out to them at 2TDDesigns, that's at 2, the number 2, TD like touchdown, Tom Brady go home, underscore designs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok, or just go right to the website, www.2TD-Designs.com. That is the number 2TD-Designs.com for more information. Peter. What a fucking weekend at Effie's. What a
1: weekend. Can I tell you about my weekend at Effie's? I would love to hear okay. your weekend at Effie's. Please. Uh, so, this, <laughs> it won't be nearly as long because I, I got, I had three strong Effie interact. That feels, so, it's again, it feels three so strong weird. Effie interactions. Yeah, I, I'm still not used to calling it Effie. It's okay. Um, you can call me Ricky Bobby. The, most of the emails that we get in when we get sponsorships are along the lines of, uh, do I call him Taylor? Do I call him Effie? What do I call him here? I'm not sure. <laughs> I answer to neither. Uh, I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw you Friday. Uh, you and Matt Justice came over. Lucy was very interested in Matt. Um, I, is he Matt or Matthew Justice? Okay,
0: so he actually gets mad at me for calling him Matt, which is why I do it. He prefers Matthew or Justice, but that's why I call him Matt. He's like, "Don't call me Matt." And then, if a ring announcer does it, my God, that is a that's a violent boy. <laughs> that's amazing. so
1: Matthew and myself are over here and so y'all so one of the things that I thought about when you're just talking about being super busy the whole time is you literally were like okay we have 10 minutes to do this we have 10 minutes to do this and then we're out the door yeah yeah Uh, it was hectic yeah um, and then, uh, I saw you Saturday briefly when Will and I first got to the venue, we came and said hello. Yes. Um, and you were like super swamped with people. The swamped. Time. Like we basically were doing I the, love it. uh, the church cut in, um, yeah. <laughs> during Let me, time. let me
0: slide them in over here and we'll get right to your dog. We're going to bless your daughter here in a moment, but let me talk to my friends here.
1: And then i mean, even from the first match, it was like, okay, this is something completely different. Like this is going to be some shit. Uh, it's a
0: whole nother kind of vibe. where like, we are literally, people are like, is there competition in the locker room? And I'm like, yeah, to have the coolest stuff possible. So even if your first match, second match, whatever it is, like we are bringing you the heat. And I think when the room is that wild too, like, I mean, you, like you said, you've been to center stage when it hasn't been that wild. Uh, when you oh, have it, I, crowd it felt slightly
1: date. I was because I, I had some adult cigarettes before oh, yeah. coming over, but I was <laughs> like, "Oh, this is." I feel a little dangerous. It's like the right Gladiator now. pit. Yeah, no, I had that thought several times of like, "Oh, we've always been doing this shit, and this happens to be toned down." Yeah, we toned it down. They used to just put tigers out there and let them rip them up. And th- what? Mac Cardona's Buzz Lightyear. W- what? <laughs> he had. <laughs> buzz lightyear gear did he (laughs) he did (laughs) (laughs) he's a super disney head okay that guy goes to disney world all the time i I kept looking i was like is that fucking buzz and then i was like no it's literally like the whole all of it was buzz lightyear
0: i I'm sad i didn't notice an old man he did he fought mike jackson who's 72 i've been working on shows with mike jackson since 2015 and i think one time he yelled at me because we did a pile driver in the opening match And that's, like, too much. It's, like, too much. Like, you don't need all that for the opener. Gotcha. I don't know. I love Mike Jackson. 72, still diving, still jumping on top of the ropes. It's incredible.
1: Uh, And then... The last match made me sick. Okay, just like a tiny little bit. he stuck a fork in him, didn't he? Yeah, that was that was where I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So it. Matt Tremont has this unicorn horn, and he had part of it removed, but he has
0: so much scar tissue on the front of his head from gigging his face okay. that you he can't feel it, and you gotcha. can just stab that big bumpy that's crazy. thing. Pretty wild. And He stuck it on in there. I mean, like I mean, it's,
1: that's, uh, that's how uh, Houdini got out of his locks. Is he had like really deep. Scarring on the top of his head, Ooh. and so he'd hide keys in his scalp. What?
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, oh. it's not magic, that's just a lumpy lump. I'm gonna let him know he's got a new career
1: to line up. <laughs> wow, that actually got you. That was amazing. <laughs> Uh, and then <laughs> uh, Matthew Justice, if I'll say it correctly. Him, it's just, no, then that, that sounds like I'm making fun of him when I Matthew. say the name that he once <laughs> to yeah. be called by. Matthew Justice. Him jumping off that ledge was ridiculous.
0: He's crazy. And also, you know what's crazier than him jumping off the ledge? My boyfriend making sure he had the full flag up for the camera so that they could see it. He told me that. He said, I wanted to make he sure they could see flags. it. He multiple flags. He didn't know who to cheer for in the last match. <laughs>
1: We, um, uh, Will and I just watched him because we could see him from across yeah. the way. And so we saw him go up to get a drink and we went and uh, talked to him for a minute. And he was like, yeah, he was like, I was working. And then there's just like a wrestler asleep on the couch. <laughs> it was very funny to hear. He was about very patient. From, oh yeah. Uh, he, um, he seemed like he was having a really good time.
0: When he actually gets to the shows, he has fun. But sometimes when I'm like, Hey, there's a bunch of people coming to our house. Like, I need to react with, uh, "Hey, there's a bunch of people coming to my house," which is why I'm vacuuming and not. Hey, there's a bunch of people coming to the house, and he's like, "Are you gonna vacuum?" And you're right. like, "Is that part of it?"
1: Do we? And he's like, "Yeah, you have to. You have to vacuum the floors, man." I don't know. I I did it, and then and then uh, Monday morning, Monday morning, I wake up and I see a text on my phone from you that says, "You fucking wizard!" Exclamation. <laughs> So in my moment of –
0: and I want to explain this fully because I have to go back here to do this. In my moment of I need to be more appreciative of uh, the fact that I've taken this bear, I went back through and I found – the first episode that you started your Effie Is, and I didn't ever put it together, that you are the one person, Peter, the scribe next to me, who not only are we doing this podcast, but in a very sustained moment, you let everybody know what's going on. So I'm going to go back to October 6th and read through these briefly. This is when you took over the episode descriptions, starting with October 6th. Effie is busy. Effie is fine. Effie is not a clown. Effie is magic. Effie is home. I definitely cried on the Effie is home Atlanta episode thinking about Atlanta, and this is a new Atlanta episode. Effie needs one take. God bless you. Effie is a child of the sun. Effie is mythical. Effie is festive. Effie is Effie. Effie is the real double J. I had to skip one because it was me going, We'll have an episode soon.
1: Effie is. Oh, I couldn't think of one then. Well, I was. <laughs> so that was that was, Effie my was back of the pocket.
0: Effie is great, all caps. Effie is electric, fantastic, fuck you. Effie one Kenobi. See, I said, wait, that's not an Effie is. The title is an Effie is. Effie is effort. You switched it. Effie is a real boy. Effie is cooked. I was, and I still probably am. Effie is fucking great. And this one, Effie is the Interrobang. I love it. Peter, you have paid attention, and it is beautiful, and I need to acknowledge that when people pay attention to things and pay attention to you, it is very important. And there are a lot of idiot savant artists out there like myself who just float through the world thinking they've got it all under control. Uh, I'll shout priors out in this instance as well. When you have people who are able to frame your insanity in a way that makes it feel very important, it is beautiful. You are a fucking wizard. You're keeping up with me, and you're putting the transcribes of this. Nobody's ever done this before, Peter. Nobody's ever existed as an outlaw pro wrestler who pays all his bills off of his wild-ass fucking character zone and recorded every week of the experience. Not an interview with my friend, not an interview with other people, not talking about the world of wrestling. Talking about... Here's what this fucking week looked like and I have a beautiful scribe to do that with. If you want to ask us questions, we did not have any questions this week. That means we're doing well, right, Peter, for explaining everything and no one has a single question about yourself, myself, the dog, the life we lead, or the upcoming dates. Weekend at F's at gmail.com. Once again, thank you to our presenting sponsor this week. Were you done? Did I cut you off? No, that
1: was perfect. (laughs) Thank you. That was really sweet.
0: You're very sweet. Weekend at effies at gmail.com. More episodes coming. I love you all deeply. If it looks like I'm uh, not uh, taking in my blessings, just slap me in the fucking mouth.